the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From Talk 910 KNEW San Francisco, this is Rob Black. Rob talks about your money every weekday, live and local, from 10 to noon. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. Good morning. It's Rob Black Show. 9, 10 a.m., October 12th, Monday morning, 10 a.m.-ish. Got a good show planned for you. Got lots of content. Lots of good content. Going to go over some ideas at Tesla and Starbucks and some emails. Got a lot of technology for you because, again, growing up, I was fascinated with technology. Became an analyst, worked in the uh, the investment world, specialized in tech stocks. Got out of the investment world. Kind of still am in the investment world, but this show is dedicated to getting into retirement because investments aren't about short-term capital gains forever. It's really about getting to age 60 with enough of a nest egg to last from age 60 to 100. Most of us aren't going to get there. 75-plus percent won't be able to retire the way we want to. Now, with all that said, this is a call-in show, and it can encompass anything you want. Anything you want. You think I'm a jerk? Call in and say you're a jerk. You think I'm tough love? Call it and say, Rob, I appreciate your tough love that you give people. But again, my goal is to get you to retirement so that you can live comfortably. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. One of the first things that I do in the morning is I, I go over the New York Times, the Financial Times, the Wall Street Journal. I go over the Chicago Times and down the report, down Chicago Tribune, down the, near the end of it, I start getting into California papers. I tend not to like the California papers. They tend to underserve they tend to underserve journalism and they tend to overserve Associated Press Wire. Not a lot of journalism going on in newspapers and television these days, especially on the local level. Now, I did find a column that I think warrants a lot of debate. And it's from a guy named Michael Hilzik in the LA Times. Michael Hilzik in the LA Times. And he starts with asking the question of the rich paying their fair share and ultimately says when it comes to the state budget and state taxes, everyone knows the following facts, that people earning $75,000 or less pay little or no taxes. The same people use 99% of state social programs, i.e. millions of residents of the state are getting something for nothing and the rest pay for their freeloading. And then he starts out with the, I'm kidding. So he says it's popular myth. It's not fact. And I think that's a, a heck of a debate or a heck of a question that we should be asking ourselves in society is, is our tax system, exactly who is getting what for when and why and where? You know, for many, 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 many years, I didn't have a kid. And I was, I'd always say, like, why am I paying for public schools? I don't have a kid. And then once you have a kid, you're like, woo, I'm glad I'm paying for public schools. But, you know, Heidi doesn't have a kid. And. Heidi, my producer, she has to pay taxes that go towards, you know, general education funds. It's a good question. Who is paying their fair share? And ultimately, it's all about distortion. We all have our own little personal opinions. And 
you know, if our opinions are a cracked windshield, you know, you see the world differently than I see the world. And you can quickly dispose of the notion, ultimately, that low-income residents pay little or no state taxes, because that it's not true. According, in 2007, according to a nonpartisan California budget project, the bottom fifth of taxpayers, those who earn less than $18,000, they pay about 11.7% of family income in state and local taxes. By contrast, the top 1%, people who earn $430,000 or more, they only pay 7.1% on average, counting the deduction of state and local taxes many could take from their federal tax bill. So the truly wealthy pay about 7%, and the truly poor pay about 11.7%. Now again, it's all relative, right? When you think about it, it's uh, $1,800 for a family who's poor, Versus, what's that, Fourteen twenty eight thousand plus for a wealthy family? You know, 1400 versus 28000 You go, well, the wealthy are still paying a, a big majority. And there's not, you know, 28 wealthy people for every poor person. So, again, it's a cracked windshield. There is no right answer. Popular view of state government is that it does little beyond spooning out welfare payments and free health care to the poor Now, for the wealthy, this is a bastardization of the truth, because it's not true. We rationalize the wealthy flattening state taxes, giving us a tax cut and everyone else an increase. We want that. We say, hey, why should I be paying 28 times more than a poor person? So it's rare that anyone ever examines their own assumptions in the world. It's rare. It's almost immoral if you don't, in my opinion. Now, go with public education for a second. Public education... It's going to consume 55% of the general fund. That's more than $52 billion. And a lot of wealthy people say, you know, we got poor averages. We got awful school scores. And that's true. We do. But in wealthy areas, affluent areas, we got great scores. For instance, Irvine and Palo Alto, 888 and 910 out of 1,000. Those are amazing scores. Now, Compton, on the other hand, they pull in a big 600, an awful score. So do you think the wealthy districts benefit from getting more money? Do you think the wealthy districts benefit from getting um, a larger chunk of the pie? You betcha. Again, can we ever save Compton? I don't know. I'm not here to say that. I'm here to say you have to challenge your assumptions. University of California State College received 60% of its core operating budget from taxpayers. Last year, 23% of the undergraduates came from families with incomes of more than 139000 which accounts for less than 10% of all taxpayers in, in the state of California. So the largest chunk of people that went to the University of California were on the wealthy side. And again, everyone's paying for those colleges. Families earning less than 46000 accounted for about 28% of UC graduates, but that group encompassed about 60% of the state's taxpaying households. That certainly makes UC skewed towards the affluent. So there are services that the poor benefit from, other services that the wealthy benefit from. You see where I'm going with this? Now, the business community, we growls. We moan, we groan. We're not too happy about the quality of the labor force. Now, on top of that, we look at Caltrans, and Caltrans has a budget of 13-plus billion dollars. And you look at that, and, and where does the, you know, the, the business community says, hey, let's build more roads. But then again, we're spending $13 billion on Caltrans. So that comes away from building roads. So it's, again, we're trying to push people up and down the roads so that we can get them to work on time. Now let's talk a little bit about the correctional system. Correctional system takes up about 10% of the general fund. 
$9.8 billion. Now, I would doubt that the inmates of San Quentin or Folsom regard the system as being run for their benefit. It's the law-abiding citizens on the other side of the gates. Now, the more affluent you are, the more you have to gain from the well-financed operations. One rarely hears that people who gripe about the cost of social services for the poor complain about the wildfire control. You know, wildfire control last year cost the state $1.5 billion. Now, when you saw the communities in the station fire, who, who, who lives up there? Who lives up in the woods? It's the wealthy people. So $100 million, um, costs of taxpayers for the, the station fire fight. Is that the right way of saying that? Station fire fight, yeah. Um, up to 90% of that is going to be paid by the federal government. But again, who's benefiting from fighting fires? It's not the poor people in Compton. Very rarely are you going to see a, a fire roar through Oakland. Oakland Hills, yeah, but who lives in Oakland Hills? The affluent. So despite some demonstrable proof, and despite some demonstrable just truth, California's knee-jerk reaction to every single budget crisis is to shift the burden from the wealthy and try to put it on the, the poor. Spending on Medi-Cal and welfare took it on the chin last year. Now, I can go on and on and on and on about this, but I assure you that you would you'd get bored and scream at me. Clearly, we've got issues. And if you listen to the, the John and Ken show, or if you listen to Armstrong and Getty, they're grousing about the pensions that are paid towards state employees. Sometimes these pensions are over six figures. And then those the people that are getting those six-figure pensions, they're still earning six figures. So it's offensive. There's a lot wrong in the state of California. There's some things that are great in the state of California, but there's a lot wrong in the state of California. There's no doubt about it. Our tax system, it does not skew towards the poor. It does not skew towards the rich. There's flaws in it. I think that's the one thing that I really tried to do on this show is to be honest with you. And when someone writes a great column, Michael Hilzik at the LA Times, I want to point it out. It may be something you agree with. It may be something you disagree with. It may be that you can shoot a big hole in it. There's no doubt about it. Our budget's out of control. Our spending is out of control. Our taxes don't favor, but our budget and our spending out of control. Would it be nice if we can cut that down? Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. I've never met a politician who who didn't like a tax in some way, shape, or form because it gave them more money to spend. Politicians love to spend money. Tomorrow, speaking about politicians, Chuck Reed, mayor of San Jose, that's a good poll. That's probably one of the top-notch guests that we'll get probably this year. That's a good poll. Heidi did well on that. And uh, if you have questions for Chuck Reed, drop them to me, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. I like Chuck Reed. One of the questions I'm going to ask him, why not invade Palo Alto? Why not make San Jose bigger? And he'll chuckle. But if you talk to people who live in San Jose, Chuck Reed's everywhere. He'll stop by museums. He'll eat at a burrito shop by himself. Like, he is a mayor of the people. Is he Republican or Democrat? It's tough to tell. If you look at the things that he accomplishes, it's really tough to tell. He's pro-business. That's why I like him. I think he's the, probably the most pro-business governor uh, mayor that I've ever run across. So, anyway, that's Chuck Reed tomorrow. Friday, we'll be talking sharks with Dan Rusinowski and a special guest. I want to mention ever so briefly, ever so quickly, what I did this weekend. Saved myself some money. How did I do that? I'll tell you when we come back after the break. Don't forget, this is a call-in show, 800 345 5639. It's 800-345-5639. If you want to comment on the rich paying their fair share, you're more than welcome to. If you did anything fun and innovative, if you want to make me laugh, if you want to 
make me cry. If you have a financial question, call the show. Drop me an email if you'd like on Michael Hilzik's column, rob at robblack.com. I'll throw it up on the air. You can also find us online, talk910.com, talk910.com. It's Rob Black's show. I'm Rob Black. You're listening to Rob Black. 9:10 a.m. More stimulating talk. So, ha- don't know if you've heard. It's night through Wednesday, 60 mile per hour winds. Make sure you bring in the the little poodles. Because they will be blown away like Toto and and Dorothy. Rain and wind and destruction. It's our first winter storm of the year. Guess what I did this weekend? I was a manly's man. Got on top of the roof. Took the old shop vac up and cleaned out the gutters. Now, my neighbor pays someone $200, $300 to do it every year. I like doing it myself. There's something nice about you know getting covered with pine cones and needles and dirt and cleaning up the roof. Makes a man out of you. I brought my friend Tony over, and Tony and I drank some beers, watched some golf, got up on the roof. Okay, so probably not the smartest thing to drink beers and whiskey and get on the roof, but whoever said I was the smartest? When it comes to money, I am. When it comes to risk, danger's my middle name. Um, highly recommend. The one thing that can destroy a house fast is water. Don't worry about the termites. Don't worry about the bugs. The one thing you really want to watch out for is winter season in the Bay Area because when it comes down, it comes down in buckets. So if you have not gotten up on the roof, you've got about 12 to 24 hours now to do it and clean out those gutters. You can also go to home deep and you can do it with a stick. You can do it with a shop vac. You can do it uh, with a hose. Sometimes hose doesn't work because it's a lot of leaves. So get up there and do it. Save yourself Thousands and thousands of dollars in home value. Do not let the roof get damaged and do not let the foundation of your house get flooded. So cleaning out those gutters, smart, smart, smart thing to do. Now, the person who designed my house only put up like, I'd say, six rain pipes. And when I talk about a rain pipe, I'm talking about the one that goes from the ground to the, to the, uh, the gutter. So not enough of them. And they're thin in the first place. So they weren't designed for the stormy season. They're designed for light, casual rain. So I got to you know, stay on top of this. So one other thing that I did was uh, I went out and got some mats and some hoses, basically extend the gutter so that it drains more so in my yard versus right, blam, onto my foundation. It's um, smart. It's a preventative maintenance. I once built two uh, Fiat Spiders, two Fiat Spiders with 18 barrels of parts. And what I learned about a Fiat Spider was great 1960s convertible Italian car. What I learned about Fiat Spiders was it's all about preventative maintenance. Your car right now, basically, it's going to run 100,000 miles as long as you get the oil changed every three to 15,000 miles. It's going to be okay. But what I learned about Fiat Spiders is you had to prevent the maintenance. You had to keep it tuned up. You had to stay on top of it. Same thing with the house. House is the biggest, biggest investment you'll ever make. And it's a liability for a long, 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 long period of time. So make sure you get up there and uh, get a shop vac. Every man needs a shop vac. That's my new phrase that pays. Every man should have a shop vac. If you don't have a shop vac, you ain't a man. So give me back the man card because you ain't a man. What else did I do this weekend? Garbage disposal. <laughs> Garbage disposal. 
put a new garbage disposal in. Um, it's super easy. I assure you that there's not one person in this audience that cannot change a garbage disposal. If you're spending two, three hundred dollars on an electrician to come to your house, and electricians, I love you, except for Eric, that ENS electric, you ripped me off. I'll remember you for the rest of my life. I got your name. I, I know what your, your face looks like. Um, but garbage spills is super easy to fix. Super easy to replace. Can't do it any easier. Um, what's interesting is garbage disposals range from 60 bucks to $300. And I'm one of those people that I ain't doing a $60 garbage disposal because that's going to ruin the holidays. I ain't doing a $300 garbage disposal because that's basically a small car. Don't need that running underneath my, my uh, sink. But anyway, drank some good Maker's Mark whiskey this weekend. Can I mention one more thing about Maker's Mark? Not only am I the ambassador of Maker's Mark for the California Bay Area, $18 on sale right now. $18 if you go to Safeway. That's half off the price. Saving you money. That's what I do. And it won't fill your gut. You know, beer, I love a good beer. But after two beers, you're kind of like heavy. You're kind of feeling like the, the, the conditions are starting to put weight on your body. Whiskey, a little, little, little less. Goes a long way. Anyway, I'm totally digressing. And I love this. Love Mondays. 800-345-5639. I've had to say something to push your buttons at this point in time. If I haven't, you don't have a pulse. I've talked about California wealthy paying their fair share or not. And the answer I came up with was, or not. It's actually the poor people that pay a larger share. Not a larger volume, but a larger share. Let's talk about some of the business stories out there. You love Starbucks. I love Starbucks. I don't really like Starbucks. Kind of got that bitter coffee taste. I personally, I've told you that I like monkey poop coffee, where a monkey picks up the coffee bean, poops it out, and then some incredibly poor paid Indonesian picks it up and beats monkey poop off the monkey be- off the coffee bean and sells it to people like me. But that's neither here nor there, because it's incredibly unique and incredibly rare. Now, it's actually lemur and not monkey, but who's, who's, who's counting? So anyway, pricier milk could curl profit Starbucks. This is a big story. Prices of milk dropped to multi-year lows earlier this year. Now, get this. Two years ago when I was doing this story, milk was at an all-time high. And who's the biggest producer of milk? New Zealand. So New Zealand stock market, super, uber, duper up. So now milk has dropped to multi-year lows, helping companies that spend heavily on dairy products uh, endure a weaker retail spending. What does Starbucks spend more money on? Do they spend more money on coffee beans or do they spend more money on milk? Milk. Wouldn't think of that, would you? Starbucks milk price declines are going to contribute at least five cents of expected profit this year. But what about next year? Depressed milk prices have forced a lot of dairy farmers to shut down. Those California cow commercials, I don't care for them. I'm not big of talking cows. I eat steak. I don't want my cow talking. I drink milk. I don't want my cow talking. Anyway, depressed milk prices have forced a lot of dairy farmers to shut down. Milk futures fell below $10 per 100 pounds earlier this year. Prices recovered nearly $13 per 100 pounds. In 2007, it was $2,100 per 100 pounds. Now, and the run may well continue. On top of farm closures, low prices have forced farmers to sell dairy cows through an industry program called Cooperatives Working Together. Now, hold on. Who would have thought that farmers would be selling cows through a co-op? That's ludicrous, isn't it? What goes on in the farm world that we don't know? Anyway, member farms contribute money to the program, which purchase cows and slaughter them. 
what? We're spending money to buy a cow that we're going to slaughter? That's right. Remember, dairy cows aren't exactly uh, good eating. They're good drinking, but not good eating. So far this year, the number of working dairy cows has fallen by 170,000 to 9.2 million. So not only are people unemployed, cows are losing their life in large part because we want higher milk prices. That's how we do it. We do a supply and demand. Hog futures, you know, the, the pork bellies. Hog has two bellies. And the most expensive part about that is refrigeration. It's not the hog. It's not the life of the hog. It's not how much you feed the hog. It's how long you have to refrigerate the hog. Anyway, higher milk prices would allow likely uh, hurt Starbucks profits. So they got crushed in 2007. They super benefited in 2008, 2009. 2010, not looking so good. Now, Starbucks hedges coffee prices, but not milk. So even if milk prices held at current levels this time next year, Starbucks would feel a negative earnings impact of a few cents a share because they've gotten the few cents a share of positive this year. And again, Wall Street's not so much about this year. Wall Street's all about what happens next year. So Starbucks in the news tied towards dairy cows. And again, am I not just chock full of information? Talking about 60 mile per hour winds and protecting your house from rain and gutters. Talking about garbage disposals and how easy it is to do. Save the $450, change it yourself. Talking about how milk is affecting the price of profit at Starbucks. And how you have to slaughter cows in order to raise the price of milk. Also talking about who gets their fair share of taxes. We've got more content for you. Stick with us. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. I'm not sure the phone's even working. We should probably test that. Because this content's too good to go unchallenged with a phone call. Tomorrow, Chuck Reed, San Jose Mayor, going to be on the show. 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. show i'm rob black talking all things financial and sometimes i'll mix in issues that aren't personally financially related but whether it's selling your home buying a home figuring out mortgages buying down points term insurance versus whole life never go whole life term insurance versus uh variable life never go variable life hey guess which one you want to go with term life any financial question you have throw it at me and if i don't have an answer i'll find an answer for you 800-345-5639. 800-345-5639. Let's go to Dave in Watsonville. Dave? Morning, Rob. How are you, Dave? Uh, just fine, thanks. Um, well, you're successful. You, you, you did punch one of my buttons. Good. You've been talking all show long about a fair share of the tax. Uh, I would suggest that it's impossible to have a fair share of an unfair sum. You cannot take an unfair sum and divide it up into fair shares. It can't be done. It's like trying to draw a square circle. It cannot be done. Okay. I'm, I'm with you. We're spot, um, You and I are talking right now about an article that I brought up called Michael Hilzik. Uh, Michael Hilzik to ask, are the rich paying their fair share? And he's clearly communist-leaning, 
where he's clearly left-leaning in his uh, angle that he approaches it from. But he also talks about the services that we get, Dave. And I think he made a good point that some of the services are truly for the high end. And they truly benefit the high end. For instance, I have I live in a school district where the schools get 800 plus scores. That helps my housing value. And I know that they're getting better uh, funding and better teachers than what are going to Compton. That's an argument. And I don't necessarily think that I have to be right or wrong, Dave. I like mathematical arguments, don't you? Certainly I do. And as a matter of fact, that's a subject for another time because we, we have uh, some some districts that are getting over 700 dollars per student from the state and other districts are getting four hundred dollars per student so right. so that's something you might want to look into also but the fact of the matter is is that it you know if you really want to attack this thing it's not the income side of the ledger nearly so much as the spending side of the ledger that needs to be addressed i think we all agree california mismanages and misspends money you and i one of the very first things we ever heard was about you know the Pentagon spending $600 on a hammer or $800 on a toilet. So we've all known our whole life the government mishandles money, right? Uh, yes, they do that all the time. So I don't think we've ever, ever, no one on this planet is out there going, I think government spends money wisely or rationally. Uh, we look at their pensions and we go, good God, I wish I could be that person. We look at the the spending initiatives. I almost started a financial services company at one point in time, Dave, where I was looking for someone who's half American Indian or someone who is half Asian so that I can get government contracts in the money management because I'm just a white guy. And just being a white puffy guy, I didn't get automatic government contracts. But if I had hired a partner who was half Indian, I would have got hundreds of millions of dollars uh, funded into my company. I mean, it's a system that's just filled with fraught and peril. Well, that's right. You know, every everyone's idea of tax reform is pretty much the same. What it boils down to is I pay less, you pay more. That's tax reform. <laughs> what, what would you do to fix the system other than spending? Well, the only real tax reform is tax reduction. I would say that the, the biggest single problem that we have is not public education, it's, uh, uh, it's the public employees' contracts, public employees' union contracts. Okay. And I tend to agree. My opinion on unions is that the only people who should be unionized are people who work 24-7, 365, police and firefighters. Um, in large part, why I say that is they need their interest protected because they're abused or they potentially can be abused. Well, that's probably true in, in today's uh, in, to, in today's society. Probably in the 1850s or the 1870s, it was different. The DMV workers shouldn't get pensions for life, in my opinion. They should get mandatory 401ks. <laughs> anyway, um, I would say, uh, getting back to my my initial point, it's not possible to have a fair share of an unfair sum, it, and unless you see unless you unless you see an element of fairness in a system where everyone is screwed to approximately the same extent. Flat tax in theory would be quote unquote fair, but some people won't say that it's fair. Well, it, it couldn't possibly be fair. Why is that? Uh, well, for example, what about, I mean, take three people, each of whom make a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. The first person, uh, his, his wife gets cancer uh, most of it is covered, but he's still got eighty thousand in in uh, medical bills that he's got to pay. So should he be paying tax on a hundred k? 
Well, in a flat tax system, yeah. It flat tax the fairness would be that it's 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 widespread and and you know justice is blind, so to speak. So, yeah. Okay. So 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 you're going to give him a uh, medical deduction? Uh, I'm going to give him nothing. I'm just here for argument. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the next guy is self-employed. Or the, or let's say the next guy uh, works for your radio station. Radio station provides his. Uh, uh, possibly a company car, poss- uh, 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 business card, stationery, so on and so forth, and he's making hundred thousand. So we're gonna we're going to uh, 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 tax him based on hundred thousand. This guy is self-employed. He has to provide his own car, provide his own stationery. Right, and then you're starting talking about issues that can be easily addressed on you know, whether or not you get a, a benefit or not from a, a free car and whether or not companies would be incentivized to take that away and or penalized if they don't take it away. Except, okay. So, so there's, the, you know, there's 14,000 pages in the tax code for a reason. In theory, a flat tax could reduce that enormously. Well, but, okay, so the guy in the third house who's self-employed, we're going to give a, an adjustment to income because he's covering a lot of his own expenses. The middle guy, we're going to tax straight ahead. The the, the guy the guy who had the medical expenses, uh, we're going to give him a deduction. Guess what? You're right back to the same program. I hear you. We've got now. You got you got good content. I appreciate it. All right, nice chatting with you. Absolutely. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. We're talking about an article in the L.A. Times today, written by a guy named Hilzik. H i l z i k. And in it, he was trying to show that the wealthy do benefit from the tax system in the United in state of California. In large part, some of their schools are a lot better funded, and they got better scores, and those better scores keep the value of their expensive real estate higher. In the station fire that we had earlier in uh, the year in L.A., you know, those were million-dollar homes being saved by firefighters, where million-dollar firefighters typically don't have to go in and risk their lives to cut down trees in a burning building in Compton or Oakland. A lot cheaper to fight fire in the in the poor areas of the United States. It's a, it's an interesting article because it it brings up argument, and we'll never get the change that we want. Our political system's broken. It's 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 unfunctional, and I would be surprised if we ever see a true change to it. Would I like to see comedians be elected into Congress? Absolutely. Would I like to see? You know, web entrepreneurs being elected into Congress? Absolutely. I would like to see more of an everyman approach to Congress. At one point in time, it was an everyman approach. And then we created career politicians. And the thing that I find more vile than anything on this planet is a career politician. I don't think we need them. I don't think they represent our interests. And I think they hurt our system enormously. So Smokey sent in an email to me and he goes, hey, I sent an email below that Hilzik earlier today. And he says, basically, there's an article at theheritage.org, which, again, I'm not a dummy. I know it's well-funded through the conservative Republican angle. You know you know that I know that. So you know that some of the research is going to be set up to show that. So it says that the poor are actually simply less affluent. And in other parts of the world, they would be considered fabulously wealthy. The article has some great graphs that thoroughly deconstruct the idea that there's any significant demographic or destitute people in America. The fact is that poor is a misnomer. So he throws out to Hillsick, capitalism depends on your rule of law. He, you know, he basically says you're a communist. Um, and if you actually see poverty, look overseas or south of the border. The so-called poor here are largely made up of people who made bad choices. Low-income folks tend to be obese. That's a great line. <laughs> Low-income folks tend to be obese. 
That's the result of a bad choice. Many drop out of school. I know that because my wife is a principal. That's a bad choice. There are lots of other examples of bad choices. Why is everyone else expected to be enablers of those who screw up their lives by overeating, neglecting to use birth control, joining gangs, dropping out of school, etc.? People are, this pushes your buttons. I like that. And he goes on, since you love communism so much, and he's talking to Hilzik, show us hoi polloi, how it works. Give us an example. Give half your income to the poor from now on. I want to see how it's actually done. Really, set an example. Instead of telling us how unfair life is or or how life is less affluent, don't be a hypocrite. Interesting. People are opinionated on this. Again, I brought it up because I think it brings up some good questions on how efficient our tax dollars are spent on the different class classes in America. I would say it's good to be wealthy. I would say that the taxes that come to things that, that serve me are good. I would say the taxes that come to things that serve the poor, I wouldn't want those if I was the poor. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Um, let's take a break here. Yeah, 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show tomorrow at this time. Chuck Reed. Chuck Reed tomorrow from San Jose. Mayor on this show. How did we pull that off? 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Nothing wrong with White Stripes. Great baseline, huh? 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. How dumb is America when it comes to money? Let me show you. Got an email from someone who says, my take-home pays $4,000 a month. I can pay an additional $400 to a credit card. Which one should I pay down first? The one at a 0% rate or the one at a 12% rate? Are people really that stupid? Any credit, any debt over 8%, you pay off immediately. I don't care if it's debt to a bookie. I don't care if it's college debt. I don't care if it's mortgage debt. I don't care if it's credit card debt. Any debt over 8%, you pay off as soon as freaking, freaking possible. And in case you don't know, Walt, don't pay down that 0% because it can wait. Now, you may be in a very unique situation that makes me look like an a-hole or a jerk for saying that. Like, you're 0%, maybe $1 million, and it's about to balloon to 20% in five days. But typically, the right answer is pay off any debt over 8% as soon as possible. Let's talk a little technology. I'm pretty sure the robot's going to rule the world one day. And I've known this since I was a kid. So I'm fascinated by technology because I want to save mankind. Google price target raised to $600 at Kaufman. Saw another analyst raise Google to $625. Last week I saw an analyst raise it from $450 to $550 price target. What's going on? Based on a higher multiple given improved outlook. Ultimately, a couple weeks ago, Google said the economy is looking okay. We see improvement. The worst is behind us. So Google's management saying that they're seeing aspects of the recovery, not just in the United States, but in Europe. So Many analysts are starting to say, hey, they're going to have upside now. Instead of maybe potentially having downside or just meeting numbers, they're going to have upside. So you got foreign uh, exposure, foreign currency that, that's improving for them. You get strength into Europe. These are all very strong benefits for them. So a lot of analysts are upping their numbers on great Google and Moogla now 
before later. They're going to report earnings on October 15th. So that's coming up this Thursday. And again, watch for the stock to move in anticipation. Analysts already know. The analysts are already telling you. They're bumping up their numbers. I've never seen a group of analysts wrong in a move like this where they're being preemptive on how they're moving the price target. Now, Stifle Nicholas, they talk a little about Android. Android's the operating system for cell phones. This is truly where the great big battle of technology is happening right now. Mobile device manufacturers are adapting Android, which is Google's open source operating system. Now, Apple's got this incredible cell phone, but still, they don't only have that working on one platform, the Apple cell phone. So Google's done. Let's go open source. And let's say anyone that wants to make a phone, they can get our our, our operating system free, FOC, free of charge, as long as they want to put it in their hardware. So ultimately, mobile carriers are starting to introduce more Android-powered phones late 2009, 2010. Um, it was something that was cute last year. This year, we're going to see a little bit more. Uh, Android will be at T-Mobile. Android will be at Sprint. Android will be at AT&T. Android will be at Verizon. So the fight between Microsoft and Apple, it's really a desktop world, laptop world. The fight between Google and Apple, really a cell phone world. And which one has more growth? Cell phones. Coinstar, they make that wonderful, crazy, cool invention called the Red Box. And the Red Box is typically at your grocery stores. The Red Box is typically at your like longs or CVSs. And ultimately... Rogue studios are starting to lose negotiating power. Redbox needs the movie suppliers, the News Corps, the Time Warners, to give them movies at a discount price. And they put them into this big, big kiosk, and you and I can rent a movie for a dollar a night. Sweet. That's pretty good, right? So the only problem is studios don't like that because studios want us to buy the DVD or they want us to rent it at a higher price. Now, what's Coinstar doing to get around it? They said, we have a major announcement that we're about to make with either Walmart, Best Buy, or Target. Now, they're going to buy the DVDs straight from those guys. Why is this important? Because Walmart, I know this is going to freak you out. Because Californians don't get Walmart. Well, some Stockton Californians get it. The further east you are of the Bay Bridge, the more you get Walmart. Walmart controls 40% of all DVD sales in the United States. So a relationship for Coinstar to say, screw you guys, media media companies. We don't need News Corp. We don't need Time Warner. We're going to go behind your back and just buy your stinking DVDs. And we're going to get them at a super discount from from your largest supplier. Interesting. So Coinstar is one of those companies. um, They do two businesses, two major businesses. They do movie kiosks, which are just gaining in popularity. The companies like Blockbuster, they can't afford that retail space. They're going out of business. So now, for instance, Long's, you know, if I need some pills to stop the itching and scratching, I'll go to Long's tonight and I'll go, ooh, looky, looky. I can get X-Men Wolfman for a dollar a night. Sweet. I'll take it. I didn't want to spend $10, $20, $30 at the movie theater to see that crap but I'll watch it at home. No problem for a buck. You get the idea. Anyway, um, Coinstar, ticker symbol CSTR, CSTR, and they do online, no, no, not online, excuse me. They do DVD rentals, and the Longs and CVSs love it because I rent it for one night, then I go back the next day. Now, when I rent it that one night, I'll get a high profit margin item like Coca-Cola from, and the next day I might get a Coca-Cola on my way out kind of thing. So the, the stores love the relationship. They have no problem with it. Now, Foxconn, who is Foxconn? He's not a character on X-Files. 
Foxconn has been tapped to make the Apple tablet PC. And I've been sitting on this story, I'm sorry, for four days. Foxconn is going to be manufacturing the tablet PC for Apple. Now, Apple hasn't told us about this, right? It's a new category. We have iPods that play music. We have iPhones that play music and make phone calls. We've got desktops. we got laptops. we got servers. Well, we're about to get a real new category in computing. Foxconn. See, the Chinese, and when I say the Chinese, I know that I'm going to piss off a couple people by saying that, but they're not so good at keeping secrets. They're not very good drivers, and they're awful gamblers. I know, I know. That's a joke. It's a jokey, but they're not so good at keeping secrets in the electronic world. Now, this device, the tablet, it's expected to hit the market in the first quarter of 2010. Foxconn is a company that is a division of Han High Precision Industry. Now, initial shipments look for the 300 to 400,000 range. The device is going to have a 10.6-inch screen. Foxconn could secure panels from subsidiary Inulux display. The sources indicate that they believe the tablet PC features will focus more on ebook functionality rather than music, and that based on Apple's marketing strategy, i.e. long battery life, quick internet connectivity, and easy-to-use interface, they're going to be the key devices or the key features in the device. Sources also expect players such as HP to follow suit with their own similar products in the second quarter of 2010. So HP getting into the business of electronic gadgets. We heard Dell last week get into cell phones. We could take some of the com- we could commoditize some of this stuff. Some of it you can't touch. An Apple product's an Apple product. You give a teenager a, a Microsoft Zune, and they're going to basically get a rash. Next up in the world of technology, Activision Blizzard, Modern Warfare Two. It's coming out. Now, this is a, a big product. Video games are all product-driven. you got to understand that. When Grand Theft Auto 4 slipped from 2007 to 2008 release, that hurt the company because it's their largest-selling product. So Activision Blizzard's got the best-selling game of all time. It's called Modern Warfare 2. Originally, they thought 2 million units. Then they upped the number to 9 million units. Then they upped the number to 11 million units. You go do the math, 11 million times 60 or 50. This is a huge blockbuster, and it could prove to be conservative. Incremental shipments add about two cents to earnings per share, so the Activision is likely to blow out numbers of what's expected. Now, it's going to account for about 36%. One game is going to account for about 36% of their bottom line. So when Modern Warfare 2 comes out and your kid goes, man, got to have the new video game, understand that you're going to be throwing more money at the company's profitability. I don't know. It's worthy of noting. 11 million units. That's staggering. Go, go times that by 50 or $60 what, what gamers play for video games. And you'll see that video games, not for kids. It's big, serious business. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Tomorrow, talking with Chuck Reed, mayor of San Jose. I'm Rob Black. I'm just a man who needed someone and someone to hide to keep me Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.